And we are live again. WrestlePurious Worldwide, hosted by myself, either of WrestlePurious, better known to some of you guys as Backup Hangman and Joe Hulbert. We've got a lot to get into, as always, but especially so today, because we haven't been live since the AW Dynamite review, and since then, you know, there's been the WrestleMania kickoff conference, there's been the usual shows, there's been the New Japan New Beginning show, there's been, you know, updates on the fallout from um, Scott D'Amore being fired from TNA, Rossi being fired by Bushy Road Stardom. There's a lot to get into, but yeah, man, we're going to get into all of it, well, as much of it as we can. Um, first things first off, please like, subscribe, send in the super chats with any questions, any takes, any opinions, anything like that, and we'll get them read out as soon as we can. Turn on our post notifications. Hope everyone is doing good. Starting with my fellow co-host, Joe Hulbert, what is going on? Nothing much, mate. As you said, it's been uh, too long. Lots happened since the last time we did this. We have a lot to catch up on, so I'm not going to waste too much more time. <laughs> I'm just going to say, hope everyone is well and uh, happy Worldwide Day, right? Yeah, man, happy Worldwide Day. Happy Monday. I like Mondays. I'm one of those weird people that likes Mondays. You know, I was having that a conversation weird, yeah. with my mum earlier, but she was she was also perplexed by this, you know. So <laughs> anyway, look, you said not wasting too much time. Ibu, what's going on with you? Uh, a lot. I'm very, 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 very busy these days. Um, you know, just just a, just a very busy person, but uh, always find a way to make the towns because Russell Pierce Worldwide is, is, is the place to be, you know. And uh, so I'm here. I'm here to talk about the wrestling that I, I watched a lot of this weekend, uh, most of which was very good. So I'm happy to be here and, uh, and I'm ready to get into it. Yeah, man, we got a lot to Cody's- get into. Oh, yeah, I haven't been here since fucking uh, before the presser, so... Uh... This is what I'm saying. None of us have, bro. This is what I'm yeah, saying. I'd yeah, like to get yeah. into it. We're gonna... <laughs> Cody Rose, Roman Reigns, it's official. The press... Oh, co- yeah. Well, call it a press conference to kick off event for WrestleMania <laughs> yes. 40. Um, but, yeah, let's actually just... Let's just dive straight in. Um, you Cody know, fucking first, Rose. Before the, before the build-up crazy... Let's get into some of these super chats. Appreciate you guys as always. Keep them coming and we'll get them read out as soon as we can. Uh, Mazfan84199, appreciate it. Ice Cube Jr.'s Twitter, Fed Fan Parody or Bad Taste? He's I just, mean, uh, he just has a certain type of opinions and he's very vocal about them. And uh, He's very vocal about them. Very vocal about them. He, um, he, he, did, did you guys see my back and forth with, with Old Cube Jr.? I try to ignore it whenever I see it. To be yeah, so I when, I, Ibu, I, when Ibu branches out to the wrestling Twitter world, it's yeah. I, I, I try so to he, try to play blind, you know. Basically, to make it short, it was the post where I compared. I said that Garcia was in his Bret Hart New Generation TV match era, and he replied, and he was like, "Bret the Hitman Hart or Bret Hart from Costco?" And I was like, "The Hitman Cube Junior," and he's just like, "That's." He's basically was like, that's blasphemous. And I was just like, well, this is what I meant, Cube Jr. And I explained him my logic, and he just liked the comment. And that was the end of the exchange. So uh, my perspective on Cube Jr. is that I think most of his opinions are, are pretty unfortunate, but I, I'm not offended by them. I just think I just don't agree with them. <laughs> and it's kind of the end of that. Karan, 200 rupees. Appreciate you as always. It's unfortunate that New Japan Cage match went on for 15 more minutes because I felt like it was great and flew by for about 45, well, 4.45, and then it just kept on going and going. Watching with Late Night Grin helped. Yeah, you did. You did the you did the watch along very early in the morning, didn't you, Joe? We did. Yes, myself, Charlie of Great Britain and Wrestle Purist, the confirmed shoot, and Young Dukes, and uh, 
Those American fellas, they hit the wall in that main event. It was like 5.30. Charlie and I, of course, we were, you know, whole day ahead of us. Glorious here in Great Britain. So, but yeah, it was a great time. Brian and Zach, and it was, that was like the perfect match for Grinalong. You know, like it was just, it was wonderful to watch together. So, tremendous times. And your rag 40 rupees, appreciate you as always. Dragon ZSJ, wow. Beautiful, violent art match of the year. Tremendous stuff. Tremendous stuff. Fantastic match. And uh, here, here begins the Bakupangman controversy. Oh my god! Ibu's wings, five dollars. Appreciate you. Salty, savory, and preferably swallowed. Try our five-piece combo for only four ninety-nine. It's actually six ninety-nine, but uh, yeah, they were good. Listen, you know, a lot of controversy <laughs> on Super Bowl Sunday during this whole thing. An innocuous post on my end that I didn't expect to blow up, but it did, and. Uh, uh, a lot of jokes were made that were obvious to me once I actually looked at my picture that I took, and um, a lot of messages from the, from wrestlers in the community. And I was like, "Why is this a thing? Like, why is this?" The Ao was telling me about this Monty. He was like, "Only fucking Ebu's dumbass can make himself the main character during the fucking Super Bowl." And uh, I, I I didn't try to, but I just maintained that these wings were good. So. Well, yeah, like I said, start of the controversy. Phantom FTW, two pounds. What's Triple H negotiating with? He was oh. cheesy wings. <laughs> oh this, is, this, is, this is what we're dealing with on this. <laughs> you know what someone called him to me, Monty? <laughs> someone huh? said to me on Discord, Booings! And I was like, all right, bro. <laughs> yeah, come on, people. Hello. Come on, get it together. <laughs> Austin Kinkle, $2, appreciate it. When are we getting Hangy Eats? He's not even he's not even acknowledging that one. Austin Kinkle, five dollars. Appreciate it. Does Cody finish the story at Mania or did these record perverts continue with Roman's reign? <laughs> record perverts. Also, Ibu, you are cooking when it comes to these recent wars. Um, does Cody finish the story? I'm gonna I'm gonna gamble and say I don't want to jinx myself, but I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say yes. There was there was a great moment the other day where Everyone and I were messaging about this, and we were talking about the press room. We'll get into that in a moment. But it, at one point, Ibu goes, look, man, as long as Cody gets that belt, you know, everything's fine. I just replied, good luck. Like, <laughs> like, at this point, like genuinely at this point, who knows, right? It's it's crazy now. Who could have seen where yes. we ended up? Yeah. The doors have been blown open. I'd like to think they're going to do the thing that they should be doing. Um, and right. quite frankly, as long as they do do that thing, they can – Go fucking nuts with all the rest of this shit surrounding it. Um, regarding, there was an, I think he asked me something there. Oh no, no, he said something about the Raws. Yeah, yeah, man, fuck the awesome truth. <laughs> Zaid ninety one ninety nine. Appreciate you as always. It's tough being Cody and Punk fans. Am I right, Ibu? The thing is, though, when when they do win, it is glory. It, it is glorious. You know what I mean? It's, it's gratifying <laughs> in, a, in a way that's hard to explain. You know. Uh, They're very different kinds of winners, though, aren't they? You know, for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Punk's very much like the Jose Mourinho uh, <laughs> mold, you know. <laughs> uh, Push one ninety nine. Appreciate it as always. Very bad feeling about where the tag titles are going. Yeah, there's an increasing fear, Joe and Monty, that. They're doing all the cool tag team stuff right now and getting all the nerdy wrestling out of the way, so that come mania time, they they give this moment to the awesome truth. And uh, to that, I say uh, that would be unfortunate in the sense that uh, WWE's tag division right now has produced the best wrestling on the TV. 
And so uh, it'd be a disservice to their own work in this own division that they've built if they just kind of foregoed that and pushed it to the side for awesome truth. Now, look, if they want to give those guys a moment against Judgment Day on at Mania, at the very least, could you get the belts off Judgment Day before that show so that we could have a proper tag title match on the show as well? Uh, they're facing British Strong Style against uh, at at uh, Perth, Australia, and um, are they the guys to take the belt off them? I don't know. I just I just know that uh, again, I Austin Truth winning the tag belts would be just pretty unfortunate. Yeah, it's not something I would be uh, <laughs> I'd be rooting for. But think think know. about it, Monty. The Usos made wanna... these. Moving on to trust the process, folks. Appreciate you. One way Rock versus Cody story could look genius if we learn at Mania they were both in cahoots all along. Outsmarted Roman by having Rock befriend him only to turn on him at Mania, setting up Rock versus Roman at WrestleMania 41. uh, He sounded disgusting. Oh my god. (laughs) I'd rather Rock Roman be set up because. Rock blames Roman for the failings of the family and essentially is basically like, you know, now that I'm up close working with you, you're a fucking piece of shit. Like, you really are just a failure here. And you just do something there where you set that up. I think Rock should honestly probably have to work SummerSlam to, to bridge this properly. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'd, I'd build with where it's, it's just some type of story where Rock is the heel, Roman's, Roman's the face, Roman gets put over at Mania. And again, it's one of those stories where it's just kind of like Rock is just not convinced that Roman's the right person to, to sit at the top of the family and uh, you do you do something like that Jacob Donnelly $5 appreciate it as always Cody coming for Roman but not fast event <laughs> even on his wings Jesus. Garlic, garlic parm sauce folks garlic parm it's kind of this is kind of vulgar show that's fine no yeah, man really graphic it's just like <laughs> man, people man you know it's a wrestling show you know these are these were his Super Bowl chicken wings you know like <laughs> It's, it's just we don't need this. Horse one ninety nine. Rock getting his leak back on Triple H and still <laughs> six star four ninety nine. Appreciate it as always. Much love to six star. Thoughts on Sayaka Karara joining Cosmic Angels at today's Stardom House Show. This is certainly yeah. something oh, that always yeah. hits me in the gym with these every single time. I'm so low and six star have like four <laughs> questions. No four. Well, I haven't got an answer for. But ask me, eh? <laughs> I respect it. I'm, I'm for it. Okay, <laughs> Hell yeah! Right, let me just take a picture because it's shout out to the cosmic to angels. Picture. Lot, this, lot of pop- bit will, the bit will reverse when Rossi Pro starts. And I'm so like this. the ultimate loyalist. Yeah, I'm number one fan. <laughs> a lot of the popular stardom stables disbanded last okay. year. Okay, cosmic angels are still going. Jamie's strong. opinion is incoming, people. Okay, right. Right. Darren Walker, <laughs> two pounds. Appreciate you as always. Since Miro beat Andrade, has he been on TV? Since? No, no um, he he's been on TV. Didn't he? Didn't he have something where he was like backstage with Adam Pierce? Or am Adam I imagining Pierce? that? No, 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 no. I think he means it's Miro. You're asking Andrade. Yeah. Oh, Miro. That was, yeah. that was terrible. Andrade. Andrade. Oh, I'm missing. Andrade has a vignette tonight. He has a vignette tonight or, or next week. He, Can he, he not he, wrestle, please? Is that allowed? I, I like that, but they're doing the slow debut where you do like the character piece vignettes and stuff. There, they filmed a cinematic okay. one. They filmed a cinematic one for him. Fair enough. Yeah, Vani four ninety nine. Appreciate you as always. Oh, no, I've seen Vonnie. them wings, big paws. But if you was cooking them semen demons to feed oh, the ladies, I'm gonna need to steal that idea. Uh, you well, are sick. 
Yeah, that's, that sounds very unfortunate. Ibu's wings, two dollars. Yeah, here, <laughs> here are Ibu's wings. We finish on the story. Oh, oh come this on! Is just, oh, <laughs> we'll choose them five dollars. Appreciate it. It did pop me to see fifty-two-year-old Rock look bigger than all the guys in that tree in that teaser trailer. Law. Yeah, we'll, it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. Of course he's seen it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Black Yakuza, $94, $5. Appreciate you. Last week was probably one of the most stressful weeks I've had in wrestling law, but we're back at least. All right, let's get into it. Man. Appreciate all the super chats. Keep them coming, and we'll take another break shortly to go through them again. But um, Let's get into it. And obviously, the big one since we last went live, I guess, is the official announcement of Cody Rhodes. Versus Roman Reigns coming out of the WrestleMania 40 kickoff event. It was called a press conference, <laughs> but it was just an event with a bunch of angles, you know? Like, it, it definitely well, was. I wouldn't point, call that a press conference. I it, don't think anyone would. No. At times, it was like a sort of open mic, sort of improv show at times when people were just going out there on their own with a mic and just kind of talking <laughs> to the people. It was, it was strange, man. Um, <laughs> Yeah, interesting event. Very newsworthy, though. Very notable. It's certainly something people are going to remember because it was different, right? It had a weird, like, kind of distinct vibe. felt surreal. So it was interesting, definitely. But yeah, uh, as I said, not much of the press conference, you know. It's not like they were taking questions from media or anything like that. So, uh, as I said, more like a, uh, just an event with a bunch of angles and just trying to make it feel big time and just doing a bunch of promo for WrestleMania, you know. Um but yeah, we're going to kind of skip ahead to just the, the main event stuff, really, for WrestleMania. So it starts off, Seth Rollins, he comes out, and uh, he calls out Cody Rose to come and make his decision. But it's not Cody Rose that comes out. Roman Reigns, he comes out. And, uh, you know, Seth, Seth starts things off. getting a, They're taking a lot of little jabs at each other. But I'm quite worried about how Seth is coming off, especially after this press conference. But anyway, we're going to get into it. Um, Seth said something like, he showed up to work for once, you know. Uh, but Roman just kind of started cutting his promo on Cody Rhodes, calling him Mr. Hesitation. He says it's now the Tribal Chief's decision who gets to face him in the main event of WrestleMania. Hmm. Um, and he, he like turns to Seth at one point and he just like, get this bum out of here. You know? <laughs> it's just like, Seth's just standing there the whole time. And, you know. But yeah, Roman says that it's his decision now and he picks the rock and the rock comes out. And uh, all kinds of reactions, man. But uh, booze, of course, very loud for Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And um, yeah, when he when Rock goes to speak, he lifts the mic to his mouth, and the crowd just starts booing. And then he pauses, and he goes to do it again. And you know, he just kind of goes into his usual Dwayne the Rock Johnson kind of shtick. You know, um, he says <laughs> there's there's even there's we want Cody chance. There was some Cody sucks chance. There was some Rocky chance. Uh, Rock was like, I love the passion, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Finally, can be the ultimate like babyface or heel opening line because when he's a babyface, there's that big anticipation. He's like, oh my god, and they're rumbling, and finally. But when he's a heel, he's prepping, and they're like, oh fuck yourself, boo, and he's just like, finally, and his huge boost for it. It's the best. <laughs> But yeah, he says, uh, you know, he, he's happy to be there and see all the fans and the media. And he was also like, oh, I'd like to introduce you all to the Cody Crybabies. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's when, he, that's when he fully started kind of just going heel. That was kind of like the first sign of him doing it. Obviously, the interview prior to the press, well, the event, um, 
when he first coined the term, term Cody Crawley by abuse. But, you know, at first he kind of came out and tried to do his usual stick. But when he dropped that, he was... Um... <laughs> Let's just give a bit added to the part where he pulls the bloodline family tree. This is what this is what I'm here for, Joe Hall, but you know. Said he mm-hmm. wants to pull up something and show the people something very important to him. And he pulls up on like the huge screen. <laughs> and it, it is actually cool, you know, the blood like, like the bloodline family tree thing, and you kind of see literally like everyone, you know. And you, you kind of like spotting out names from the top to the bottom. A lot of people were spotting Jake or Fatu. Um some people were pointing out that the rock was um he was what? What was the phrase? The the high chief, the high chief. Yeah. <laughs> what's it? What's his? I'm sure none of you are going to remember. But what, what's his? Um, I don't know. I didn't his high chief know. name. It's it's on the bloodline. He, 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 he did have an official name position that sounded really, really official, and it was really funny. I don't know. But yeah, Dwayne. This is uh, very important to Dwayne, you know. And he says it's clear that there is one dominant family in professional wrestling. You know, a lot of a lot of people's ears started to perk up there. Like, hold on, Cody Rhodes mm. isn't going to be very happy about that. Cody Rhodes still hasn't came out at this point, and Seth Rollins is just standing there to the side. <laughs> That's what kills me through all this because the next time he's even like properly in frame, like and not just to the side, he's like still another like ten minutes from this. <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway. The Rock says that about being there's only one dominant family in professional wrestling um, and Roman versus The Rock, whether you like it or you don't like it, it's going to be the biggest WrestleMania match ever, bound by blood. And like to do this, you know, to do the handshake thing, and it's like it's Roman Reigns versus The Rock at WrestleMania. Cody Rose comes out, no music, he's kind of just tapping on his mic, you know. He's like, hold on, this right here is bull. Shit, and he goes into this whole thing about how it's not Roman's choice, it's his choice because he won the Royal Rumble. Um, and he says, <laughs> He said, Rock, we had a wonderful conversation, but I've had a lot of conversations and I've made my decision. And uh, I choose you, Roman Reigns. And Roman Reigns is uh, you know, Roman Reigns is just all perplexed by this. Seth is still just kind of standing to the side, um, doing nothing, just pulling faces. And uh, Roman just goes off on one saying, you're crazy. The number two table will have you now. The loser bracket right there with the dummy in green. Seth is just having to take these shots. <laughs> you know, he's just... <laughs> I thought Seth, it, it was really unfortunate, man. You know, Roman just going out there and burying him, you know. Well, anyway, he says he says to Cody, you're embarrassing your whole family right now. You're irrelevant, you're irrelevant just like your father. Cody basically says the same back to him. He calls him an embarrassment to his family. The Rock then gets offended, slaps Cody Rhodes. There's a bunch of commotion. And that's when Seth Rollins finally comes back in and relevant on what we're seeing on screen again. And, um, yeah, it looks like the... I know some people think there will be a tag match, but if there's a tag match, does that mean that The Rock and Roman are going to work back-to-back nights? Which no, not know, me. Or, or is it just promo? You know, like, what, what are we doing here? The way people have kind of surmised this is going to go is a tag match on night one and then Cody challenging Roman on night two and Seth fighting the chamber winner. So it wouldn't be two matches for Rock. It would just be a tag for Rock uh, on this year's Mania show is, is how people are figuring this is going to go. Uh, obviously, we'll, we'll probably have more insight to this on Friday when 
uh, Reigns and, and Rock appear on Monday, uh, sorry, on Friday Night SmackDown. But mm. yeah, I mean, it, it looks like that's the direction is, is, is you know, the God line of <laughs> Roman and Rock taking on uh, uh, Seth and uh, someone called them the freaking nightmares. Cody and Cody and Seth, which is all right. Let's leave it. This that one can yeah. stay there. That's fine. We don't need yeah. that one. Yeah, let's. Let, hopefully that one doesn't like. Hopefully no one they don't actually use that. You know what I mean? But uh, um, anyway, yeah, it looks like it looks like they they might do a tag. They Triple H did make a big big thing of it, Monty. That uh, the main event of Mania One was Paul Orndorff and uh, and was it Paul Orndorff and Roddy Piper versus Mister T and Hulk Hogan. Yep. So maybe they do another big, very similar stuff. situation here, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so you know, the big TV Hollywood star, you know, yeah, man. Dwayne's Mr. T, yeah, yeah Dwayne's virtually Mr. identical, right? Virtually identical, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's uh, let's pull the band aid off and just let's just be honest about this. So, real friends here, no one's watching, okay? Um, The Rock is back, and we'll have to deal with that reality and live with it, <laughs> and. Yeah, I, I had to like take a, you know, I had to kind of sleep on the press conference and think about what I thought of it. And the only thing I could come out of thinking was, I can't believe it, but Dwayne Johnson has convinced me that I'm interested in him doing professional wrestling again because he was the absolute highlight of this in that he's heel persona that he appears to be going for is going to be like the most believable pro wrestling character ever because he's put his public image is such that when he had that family tree behind him you could genuinely buy into the idea that he was sincerely trying to convince the audience that this is the main event like you could actually based on how he handled the black adam thing it was like Dwayne is actually he's lost his mind he's actually just trying to talk to them like he's in class like he's lecturing yeah, them. yeah. which then meant when he did actually when you started to see he was going to work here it was like dude he can walk a line with this that's like very believable and sincerely bits aside that dude's physical presence is still insane <laughs> And you yeah, noticed it when he was standing on, yeah, when he was standing on stage with three of the top guys in the business, and he still felt like he was on a different stage. That said a lot, I thought, you know. So that was the big takeaway for me. Now, a lot of the storyline and the storytelling is like kind of dumb and silly and goofy, but The Rock is to me is the headline, bro. He's he's kind of interesting again. You know, he's back. I don't know. This is a quite a midlife crisis, folks. He, um, here's the thing Hollywood Rock in 2003 was tremendous and, and the thing is when he was Hollywood Rock in 03 he was not really a Hollywood star he was a wrestler that did some movies there's a big difference you know what I mean now he's actually like a Hollywood gigantic movie star and like Joe said like he's theoretically lost his mind and so him now being like a, a delusional motherfucker, it, it it's the perfect framing for him because I'll tell you what, Joe, I said this when I I tweeted that at the presser. This was the most interesting he's been in, in in two decades because what's more believable that Rock is here to save WWE and he's the Rock has come home as he says every fucking ten years and he just wants to put on a good match for the fans. Well, these fans, this fan base, Rocky. They watch the weekly product, and the match that they want to see is the one that you're actively threatening to take away from them. And so what's more believable is him being this almost self-absorbed egomaniac who's pretty much delusional, and he's just here to kind of like puff up what's going on with him and his family and almost force-feeding it to a wrestling audience that doesn't want it. And so um, 
it's very interesting. And I, I thought the, the, the big moment was when he got in Cody's face and it was like, wait a second. And he was like, when you come for his family, when you come for my family, when you come for his blood, you come for my blood. And he pounds his chest when he says it. And you're like, oh shit. And, uh, He's the real Homelander. It's not Cody Rhodes. It's him. He, he he is a public image freak, as someone said in the Super Chats. He's a public image freak, so much so that he can't, like, lose any fights in movies. He has to be the good guy in every film. He made you... He made... Bro, Black Adam is not a good guy in the comic books, and he basically had to rework the, the, the logic of the film to make him essentially, like, a tweener because he's because he can't be a bad guy. And so for him to be willing... Because the fans are booing and go, all right, wrestling fans, I'm going to make you fucking hate me, is admirable, and I respect it. And it's going to lead to, like I said, some the most interesting rock we've had in two years. And uh, this is going to lead to some explosive TV, if, if nothing else. I think these segments yeah. are going to pop big ratings. And I'd much rather get a rock segment where he's being interesting and new rather than a rock segment where he's essentially just kind of doing derivative stuff from before that's essentially kind of, you know, just trite and tired you know like the gender segment for example <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of commotion let me also add this i thought this was compelling viewing in the sense that and i, I get anyone who thinks like oh this is kind of a mess and like what the fuck is the story at this point and there there are some plot holes to address <laughs> that cody has to address tonight about why did he forego his mania shot to then take it back but with that notwithstanding just as a viewing experience right this was fantastic this was um fascinating because it was so complex, not narratively, but in terms of what was actually happening on stage. If you actually pay attention, Joe and Monty, it's it's four guys in it for themselves, trying to do their best to make themselves look as good as possible. And there's a lot of egos in that on that stage. There's a lot of testosterone. Roman Reigns is out there to make Roman Reigns look good. Rock is out there to make Rock look good. Cody Rhodes has to, on that stage, match his aura, his intensity, everything. And so there's a lot that, that's at play when it comes to verbiage, when it comes to body language and everything. And so um, uh, in that respect, I thought I thought Cody came off as well as he could. I thought Rock, obviously, you know, was great. Roman got a bit overshadowed, and Seth Rollins is the big loser here, unfortunately. I thought he honestly should have just went into business for himself and told one of these guys to kiss his ass. Uh, but... The ad-libbing and the cursing afterwards is awesome. Like these guys just kind of like cursing at each other, and Seth is like, "I don't give. He's like, I don't give a shit if you're an EVP, uh, if, you, if you're a, a shareholder. You can't do this." And Rock says, "I'll do whatever the fuck I want. I'll do whatever the fuck I want." And he's saying it to, to Seth. Uh, it's, it's it's all it was all good stuff. So uh, this was very interesting, if nothing else. Oh yeah, there was, there was the stuff afterwards as well with the Rock going, the Rock and Roman going up to Triple H, and <laughs> the Rock telling. Teddy Triple H to sort this shit out. We can't talk to us like that. Talk about our family like that. You don't care. Um, Triple H tried to tell him he was out of line. The Rock just uh, the Rock tried to put Triple H in his place, Joe Hall, but he did. And it was at that point I realised, oh no, Triple H is going to be incredibly involved in this angle, and that's going to be <laughs> that's kind of real. I'm sorry. That's going to be hilarious for a range of reasons, and yes. probably at times slightly embarrassing. And they're going to have a promo segment where they're like relitigate like 1999 or whatever the fuck. And uh, you know, I mean, it's uh, I didn't see the whole Triple H promo that followed this. I know we're going to get SmackDown later, but <laughs> that part of it could be dangerous. I think. The, the one thing I think you mentioned, Ibu, about there's some plot holes to figure out. Like, I hope they don't go too meta with it because right now it is like a total inside baseball storyline. 
hopefully Cody has an explanation that can at least make it logical within the narrative of the TV show, you know, because right now it's like yeah. total like headcanon stuff. So I just would like him to spell that out tonight and then we can kind of figure out what this story is on the TV show beyond like we think he's being politicked. <laughs> Which is which is kind of a weird thing. Here's, so, here's the thing. Yeah. It, so it's now SmackDown like implied it officially that essentially that like, look, there's forces that are trying to take away what you guys want, but I am the head of this show. I run things. The proper main event is Cody and Roman, and that's what you're gonna fucking get. And Heyman's basically the guy going like, you know, the bloodline will have something to say about that next week. You know, so it's it's now officially implied, and I think, like I said, we need Cody to officially, essentially say that, like, because what yeah. is established in the canon, Cody said it on that SmackDown last week, and then he said it on the stage. I had a conversation with Dwayne. We have to now know. We, he has to say something along the lines of like, "Look, I had a conversation with Dwayne. His motives seem sincere. I uh, he gave me a plan. I decided to adhere to it. Uh, over the weeks, I noticed this and that, and blah. blah. I talked to other people. Blah 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 blah. I noticed." You know, I learned this about Dwayne or he, his, his just something along those lines to kind of yeah. fold into what's already been established to make this make sense that like Dwayne's an asshole. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we'll go. Uh, oh, the, the Cody Rose versus Roman Reigns match got made official by Triple H shortly after the uh, after the kickoff event. Um, we'll go. We'll go straight into SmackDown because, of course, it's relevant. And since we already kind of touched on it, Triple H comes out, starts SmackDown to address what happened at the WrestleMania kickoff show, and um, you know some of the quotes are things like there were people trying to insert their for- authority when they didn't have any. Uh, the only answers come from one place and one place only. And right now, you are looking at him. So uh, Triple H, he's putting his foot down, Ibu. Yes, he is. And before I say anything on this, Joe, did you know Vince Russo reviewed the oh. SmackDown and he thought this part was awesome, which had me. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. He was, he, he was I, I, I had to click the clip and he was just like, I got to say, bro, you know, I don't enjoy this product, bro. I don't give a shit about mania, bro. This stuff right here is money. This is money. That's actually, considering the conversation we just had, that's a scary sign. They need to be careful. (laughs) He was like, this feels real, bro. But (laughs) with that on uh, on the side, Hunter is just hilarious, dude. He has to, he just has to babyface himself. He has to do, he saw the fan controversy and said, well, everybody, the thing you didn't like was not me. But this thing that you're going to like is me. I'm going to ensure that you get what you want. And the people forcing me to do the opposite thing are the bad guys. That's what he's doing. And the funnier part about it is Joe, Monty, as we know, the on-screen authority figures of Raw and SmackDown are Adam Pearce and Nick Aldis. They could have easily had any of those two characters go, hey, we're not going to allow that thing to happen. Cody won the Rumble, A, B, and C. No, because in kayfabe, in this canon, Monty, what they're telling you is Nick Aldis and Adam Pierce are not strong enough to deal with Dwayne Johnson. And so that's when the big gun steps in. Okay, wait, when... just, just stop there. Just like, think about the sentence you just said and consider where we're at right now. <laughs> Adam Pierce and Nick Aldis are not strong enough to deal with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. This is this is yes. a hilarious moment in the timeline. It is. It's and so it's like, it's one of those things where, because here's the thing, guys. When other wrestlers kind of like have their arguments backstage with the, with the GM, right? They get to say their little quippy line. And then they walk off the screen and the GM has to look stupid at the camera looking off in the distance like, wow, I just got owned. 
Trip, not Triple H. When you say something to him, he has to he has to hit back with like, "We'll see about that." You know, and so in this situation, you know what's gonna happen, guys. Rock's gonna talk shit on Friday, right? And all you're gonna hear is do 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 boom, bow down to the bow down to the king. And he comes in and he's gonna be like, "Not on my watch, Dwayne." And they're gonna have this fucking stare down, and he's gonna puff his shoulders and his chest out. They're gonna chant, "Holy shit!" You know, it's it's gonna be one of those deals. So it's it's very funny. It's really funny that Hunter basically said, "I'm gonna insert myself into this." And uh, just get some validation from wrestling fans. Uh, so um, it's objectively insane, but uh, I'd be lying to you if I didn't say that, if I said uh, it wasn't uh, very funny, you know, so. I just wonder the payoff, you know, because obviously Triple H can't wrestle. So it's like, does eventually, does he have a guy who kind of represents him in, in a Cody different storyline? No, but I mean like beyond this, you know, because you don't want to have, you do not want Cody to be like forever paired with authority. It's just, it's not good for a top baby face, especially yeah. because if Rock and Roman are on TV together a lot, they are going to be a really cool TV act. And you do not want Cody's friends to be Seth Rollins and Triple H. It's, <laughs> and the teacher. You know, yeah, it's fine for now, but you got to be careful doing That's that for a good long, point. So. That's a good point. Yeah. Like. Cody's the guy, and he's my little buddy here, you know, and my little buddy Cody here, his hand on his neck. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Go get him, Cody. <laughs> yeah, there's quite a few. There's some great, and there's some worrying directions all this can go in. So, you know, it's definitely, it's quite intriguing for now. So, you'll see where it all plays out, you know, as as he kind of mentioned earlier, Paul Heyman, you know, he was saying that Dwayne and Roman are going to be on SmackDown next week, and we'll see what they have to say about the, uh, what happened at the, WrestleMania kickoff show, so you know, we, 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 there's a lot, there's a lot of big business God. ahead. Talking about how meta this could get, could you for could you see Rock mentioning the Hunter like? That's interesting, Hunter. Politics, cutting people off on the legs, screwing with people's spots. Yes, sounds a little familiar, think, doesn't it? I absolutely think that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah because okay. it's not they're, not they're not going to put any restrictions on what Dwayne says. He's going to go out there and say <laughs> what he wants. Like, so Roman does that anyway. The rock <laughs> for years, yeah. Brian Quirts, if you are watching this show right now, <laughs> please give Dwayne a bit about NXT losing the Wednesday Night War. <laughs> nah, <laughs> could you imagine <laughs> Dwayne sliding in a DIY burial? Looking at the people, like, Triple H is like, I'm giving these people what they want. I'm giving them the best thing they've always wanted. Rock's like, he's like, oh, screw, give me a break. You know, he's like, he's like, <laughs> he fucking brings up one of the NXT guys, just kicks the shit. Carrying <laughs> Cross still works here. And everyone's like, okay, so that that would be so that's the thing. You do need a job guy name in 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 that like someone to take the fall in that promo line. DIY would be aggressive. That would be unfortunate. Who could we go down a rung? Carrying cross, absolutely. You he could take there the L are. and just hold that L, and you know what I mean. <laughs> oh boy, oh man. If you know, I am interested to see uh, see Dwayne's mic work, you know, because <laughs> I, uh, I said he's not gonna he's not gonna have someone saying, "Oh, you can't say that," you know. It's, it's it's Dwayne Johnson, bro. It's not, it's not rhyming at the WrestleMania kickoff show. I think he just he just goes out there and he just says what he wants. Like, there's yeah. no way that they told him to say that shit about Seth, man. Like, there's no. no way. No. Um. But yeah, and even on even on that SmackDown promo that he did where he buried Seth as well, bro. Um. Oh, that was a receipt. I know, yeah, but still, like. <laughs> Seth, Seth took a little jab. Roman, Roman 
and unloaded the clip on him on SmackDown. <laughs> then did it. Then did it again. No, that basically happened again at the kickoff show. Seth had a little had a little jab at the start about him coming to work on, look, for once. And Roman's just the loser bracket, the number twos, the dummy in green. Yeah. Get this bomb out of here! I got like, just, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. How would you react if the payoff to this was on night one? Seth somehow mustered a a, a pinfall victory on Dwayne Johnson in the tag match. I'd call valid. the police. I'd call the police. <laughs> <laughs> or break my TV. <laughs> It would be the objective right Reporting thing. an international war crime. Look, bro, I am, <laughs> I am not going to sit on a podcast and say that I'm into the Dwayne Johnson heel run for him to get pinned by Seth Rollins on night <laughs> one of the run. I'm sorry, bro. i, I got to draw the line somewhere. I get it would make sense, but you got you know, yeah, let's take it easier. Limits. Calm down. Okay. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. How about this? Let's meet in the middle and be adults. How about... <laughs> How about Cody counters the people's elbow and gets him with a crossroads? The yeah. correct adult finish is they do one of those shitty double DQs and throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> like this and they nice brawl to the back and game. Michael Cole says, we'll see you tomorrow night, folks. Oh, WrestleMania no. Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> They're all like, let me at him, let me at him. <laughs> In the semi-main, it's, it's, it's red hot, you know? <laughs> but yeah, we got, the, uh, we got the official teaser trailer. Wait, uh, the four the four men that we've been talking about all involved, you know, but except for Triple H, he somehow didn't insert himself into the teaser trailer, surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, Roman Rock, uh, Cody Seth, big face off, cinematic. <laughs> if Roman's winning the belt on the Sunday, he might get pinned on the tag match, to be fair. I could see that. Because then what you could do is the bloodline could... Yeah, the bloodline could win the tag by being Cody, and then Cody could beat Roman on night two. And Rock's thing coming out of that could be like, you know, I got the job done when it was the both of us, but you couldn't get it done on your own. And that could kind of create the, the friction for their eventual There you match. go. There you go. That's the finish. That's the finish. I, I, I'd do that in the semi-main. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, WrestleVotes, they put out a report earlier on today saying basically, you know, Rock is going to lean into this Hollywood Rock persona. There's going to be uh, Cody Crybaby's merch and things like that. So, yeah, he's definitely going down this, you know, he's going down the heel route. And like Joe said, hopefully you'll be walking a very, a very thin line of, you know, reality, kayfabe, whatever you want to call it, you know. Uh, could potentially be a really interesting, believable character that he's about to pull off. So, you know. It's not like it's not like Dwayne, someone that you worry about doing, you know, a good promo or something, unless he just turns into a robot. Which, if he's heel, he's going to win. I think. Yeah, yeah I that's think what I mean. Yeah. So. The one worry, actually, Monty, is because this this has happened in the past when he's been a heel. I hope he's not too charismatic that it actually turns fans against Cody Rhodes. It's gonna be a pro. That is scary because especially him and Roman together. Like, I'm sitting here, and I'm a miserable fuck, and even I'm like, that sounds really cool, you know? Like, so, yeah. you have got to be careful with it. They do have to be genuine bad guys, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see. We'll see how they handle it. Like I said, quite a lot of worrying directions and quite a lot of really great directions, this whole WrestleMania build with Dwayne can go. So, we'll see how it plays out, of course. Starting tonight, really. Um, I'm sure they'll... Do some replays and video packages, and Cody will, you know, Cody will probably get a lot of Cody tonight. So we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, all right, 
Let's uh, keep it on SmackDown since we've already touched on it. We had some Elimination Chamber qualifiers. That's how they're doing it this year. They've already announced 12 people who will be involved in the qualifying matches. I haven't got the list in front of me, but I'm sure you can probably uh, remember or guess some of the names involved. But first people qualified, the first person to qualify was Drew McIntyre on SmackDown last Friday. Um, Defeated AJ Styles. Defeated AJ Styles. Very, very nice. uh, very nice match, man. AJ Styles been looking yeah. good since his return. Drew McIntyre is on a roll uh, in ring. I think I think he's been really great since becoming a heel. And uh, yeah, this was just a really good match, Joe. It was. I kind of loved this, honestly. Not in that it was like a great match, and the finish itself was very cookie cutter. Right? We've had fun before about the announcer, you know, finish. They love that one, mm-hmm. but I liked it so much because of how just sharp AJ Styles looks and. These two kind of actually mesh for a while. I know they had, I seem to recall they had a really strong like ladder match or something in the Thunderdome, I think, but that feels like a lifetime ago. DLC, okay. So, um, but AJ looked honestly quicker and more explosive here than he has in like years, I thought. It was interesting. I don't know. Maybe it was a, a motivation thing, an opponent thing. I do think he's looked better since he came back, as you men- mentioned, Monty. So, yeah, this was a really good TV match. And I hope a sign of things to come for like this kind of what you presume is a final chapter for AJ, right? It'd be nice if he could kind of yeah. get, get back in a rhythm that makes him someone I look forward to watching. Cause he was that way for most of his career. So yeah, it was cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, AJ has been looking good, hasn't he? Bro? Yeah. He's making me look bad. Cause I finally publicly declared that he sucks. And then he started to not suck. So <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm watching that. It's sharp and it's snug and it's kind of stiff and they're laying the chops in and really what it is is Drew McIntyre just hits people indiscriminately hard and doesn't give a fuck who it is and uh, AJ is like oh we're playing that game because I can do that too and he did and it was like wow the thing with AJ is like yeah he doesn't have the burst and the speed and the jumping like he used to but you can you can offset that with physicality. Now, he yeah. cannot do that in a match with Solo Sokoa or Jimmy Uso. And so he's kind of restricted and limited in that respect. But in a match with Drew McIntyre, a world-class wrestler, you really saw that he still has something in there. So um, I was surprised at how solid this was. I thought this was a really nice match. And um, mm-hmm. it set the tone for a show that had a couple nice matches. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like more of this on the TV, frankly. I, this <laughs> is an interbrand show because Triple H did the whole, like, WWE management Nick Aldis, Adam Pierce, Triple H, we're all a united front. We are together. And so that was the whole excuse for Raw guys being there. And uh, it led to better matchups. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. As it should, like, if you are going to like, break those rules, you know, at least yeah. give me a little Drew versus AJ yeah. or something, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, man. We also had uh number one contenders match. Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate defeated the Y. Very nice match again. Uh, Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne have looked very good since uh, since tag teaming together on the main roster. Since Pete Dunne has became Pete Dunne again from Butch, and uh, yeah, man, then number one contender is going to be facing Judgment Night Elimination Chamber, I believe, in Australia, mm-hmm. and uh, that should be a good one, Ibu. Yeah, it should be. I I think British Strong Style are a nice team. I, I think Pete Dunne has become like kind of underrated. He used to be an overpushed wrestler, but that was that was talented. But again, maybe a touch too high on the card for where he really should be. But now as like this tag team spark plug guy, he's been he's been a, he's turned into a really nice TV wrestler. And uh, it's good he has the name back. I like BSS. 
And I thought the match was was uh, kind of unhinged in how they they tried they crammed basically like a 16 minute PWG tag into nine minutes with like no breathing time at all. They just kind of went spot for spot for spot doing really complicated combinations, but it was a lot of fun. So um, yeah, the tag match should be good because Judgment Day, like Priest and Priest and Balor, funny enough, uh, I think I feel like Joe mentioned this or someone has mentioned this, but like neither guy has a high ceiling in singles matches to be honest, but. But together, they kind of together is actually like the, the way to maximize both of them, yeah. the Priest Ballard tag team. So I expect that to be very good because because they they have very good matches. And uh, like I said, I just I just hope that they do right by the tag division because it's been the best. It's produced the best and most consistent wrestling on the TV. So looking forward to that. Uh, uh, so yeah, yeah. Then we had uh, another elimination chamber qualifying match this time. Randy Orton qualifies over Sami Zayn in about eleven minutes. In the main event, and um, yeah, I really like this one as well. Randy Orton's probably probably his longest. It's probably yeah, it's probably his longest singles match, isn't it? <laughs> since since coming back, uh, Sami Zayn. The, the Jimmy match I think was slightly longer, but that was the one where they're like saying Jimmy Uso's headlock for like ten minutes, so yeah. <laughs> it felt like it. To your point, yeah, yeah it's definitely uh, I guess the hardest he's out to work. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sami Zayn, of course. Sami Zayn's been uh, great as always because he just he is just great. Like, just great at pacing and laying out his matches, even with Randy Orton, who is not in his physical prime these days and can't, you know, he's not exactly taking apron bumps and stuff like that these days, you know. Sami Zayn had to do a lot of the, the physical stuff in terms of uh, that aspect. But, yeah, Sami Zayn's phenomenal. Randy Orton just has so much like, great presence and just charisma, and he can still get through these main event matches, which was a very promising sign that I think you touched on on Twitter, Joe. I did, yeah, because this was kind of, you know, to your point, it was like a look at where Randy's currently at, right? Because as much as we popped for his physique when he returned, I think we were all slightly concerned how that impact things. I think there's reasons to still be concerned because not everyone's going to be Sami Zayn, but they had a really polished... TV main event where they kind of plugged in their respective hits. Sammy made up for much of the motion. And you could tell that Randy was motivated to kind of, you know, show out a little bit. Now, the big key coming out of this is something that we can't speak to, which is how did he feel after the afterwards? Because <laughs> visually, <laughs> he looked like he was in hell, right? Now, <laughs> I, he may have been selling more, and I don't know. I can't speak to that. But he looked like he was in agony. So that will kind of shape how many more matches we get like this. Because if he was in agony... You can note this down as a collector's item in which it was the match where Randy did stuff because otherwise he ain't going to be doing it much longer. <laughs> He's going to go back to doing what he did before, which is his finish. Um, yeah, but I really like the match. I mean, uh, you know, it was great to see these guys work. I feel like I've never seen them wrestle before. Have they ever worked before? Or, I don't. They must have at some point, right? I, I Sammy's been there so much, so much yeah, longer than you think now. We're getting old people. Getting yeah, old. no, you're right. Yeah, but I couldn't think of anything. But anyway, it was really good. I liked it. Randy's facial expressions were like a 2022 Samoa Joe type beat when it comes to like, For real, the, yeah. you know, he's just kind of like, ah, you know, to everything. <laughs> I, I, I was on the Holbert House show, uh, which you should check out, by the way. Um, yes. I, I said that uh, I wondered how Sammy's style was going to mess with Randy's. And then the answer was totally fine because Sammy Zane uh, can do everything, including uh, working a, a normal traditional American wrestling style match because he can sell and he could punch and that's all you need. And he filled in a lot of the space before Randy did his comeback very well. And I'll tell you what, if Randy felt, if Randy feels up to it, I'll give me more 11 minute Randy matches where he does the superplex because, uh, it's, uh, 
<laughs> it's a beautiful super place, bro. It really is. The nice. It is. It's it, it's probably the best ever, to be completely honest with you, because yeah. he gets, he gets great extension on it, and he's really tall, so it just looks nice. And and he and he and he always places it like three quarters of the way through the match. He has one in his match with Bobby Roode in like 2018. Just, just, a, just a gorgeous three and three quarter star American wrestling match. Oh. That sounds dangerously worldwide. That match does, Yo, doesn't it? That sounds. Versus Bobby. That was like, that was like an Oracle callback or something. That wasn't where he just like pulled out a Randy Orton suplex spot from Tony. <laughs> I think that match is for like the US title too, which makes it even more like WCW build, you know, <laughs> Super Brawl. I was because I I, I I was in this like group at the time with my friends watching this match. And and Randy does that superplex, and I just wrote North American wrestling, <laughs> U.S. flag next to it. <laughs> uh, no Proper. Yeah, um, talking about it though. We had a pretty decent uh, damage control segment as well, where you know Baddies out there cutting a promo. Of course, you've just been turned on by uh, Eo Kyrie and Asuka. And uh, Dakota Kai, who wasn't there last week, she comes out and she's, you know, she's like, "Why didn't you call me? You haven't been, you haven't been replying to my text messages. I had no idea what they were gonna do." Then she basically just played innocent in the sense of uh, she didn't know that, um, you know, she she didn't want to turn on Bailey, and you know, ever since um, was it Kyrie? Ever since Kyrie and Asuka joined the group, it's um they've been plotting on Bailey and she misses how it was when it was just the three of them and these sort of things and just getting into Bailey's head really. I'm not sure if the fa- I'm not sure if the fans were quite believing her, which is quite the uh quite the plot hole in this, but you know. I thought Dakota Kai, as far as a promo goes, I don't think there was anything really wrong with it. She tried her best, you know, but it's um it's a tough one. Obviously, Bailey, of course, kind of went with it, and you know there was this, there was the thing where the rest of Damage Control they came out and they circled the ring, and Dakota Kai grabbed the chair, and it looked like she was going to hit Bailey, but she didn't, and she kind of cleared the ring without actually hitting any of Damage Control. So there's still questions there, and it's you know, um, who knows? Who knows where this is going to go? It is interesting in the sense of like, even if Dakota Kai is just like playing a game. Which I know a lot of people expect, but it's like, how is Bailey on her own meant to go up against all of damage control? Yeah, I kind of think it's better if Cota is like, she is, she's being somewhat sincere, but she's going to turn on Bailey her own way, at her own time, you know, rather than it being like she's in cahoots yeah. with damage control. I always think that's better. I think this is like really big for her. Like, as a big fan of Dakota, I think this is like. A chance for her to really get herself over as a personality distinct from because the whole time yeah. she's been up, she's been damage control, right? And mm-hmm. so yeah, I thought she did a good job. Like the reaction to it is gonna be you have to be careful with that because it could make Bailey look dumb, right? Like if you do the thing we just talked about and the crowd knew all along you were gonna do it and Bailey didn't, it's like so you have to be a little careful with that. But I'm a I'm a big fan of Dakota and I was glad to get this chance. Which which Bailey avoided that problem last week because in the last week's angle she did the whole thing of like she said like I've been in situations like this for years either I'm right. but I've been a wrestler for years I've known you guys have been talking shit about me like and that's good because again like in these types of storylines where it's like it's so obvious that a fans return is happening it makes the babyface look really stupid if they just had no awareness so again you don't want to sting like early '90s situation where like he's just oblivious to everyone who's obviously going to imminently turn on him. Uh, so we'll see how that exits. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like everybody fucking yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. You're like, oh my, 
my friend number six turned on me too. And it's like, what the fuck, Sting? But, um, <laughs> it should be that like Koa earns her trust by helping her against damage control. And then as soon as she gets the belt, it's like, now it's my turn. You know, that's what it should be. Like what, what stood out to me, Monty, is um, this storyline is very over. Uh, the crowd is into it. Uh, online fans are really locked in. They want this thing, the main event mania. And uh, the ratings would suggest so as well, uh, because... I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, SmackDown did 2.5 million and a 0.71, and one of the high quarters, uh, the early returns, is is this angle. So uh, people seem to really, really, really dig this thing. Yeah, man. And uh, the last thing I'll touch on for SmackDown will be uh, we got a Braun Breaker appearance. You know, he was in the blue. He was in the blue suit meeting Triple H. Paul Heyman interrupts, and he likes what he sees. He likes what he sees. He but wrestle purist. Oh boy, yeah, that was that was so. I already love this because Braun is in a suit, and he basically he looks like an NBA player that just or or, 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 or he looks like a college basketball slash football player that just got drafted, and they're shaking the, the the commissioner's hand. And Triple H here is Roger Goodell, and he's shaking his hand, and he's just kind of like, "Hey, Braun, we're proud of you, kid. No, you really worked. You busted your ass. No, you." You've really done a lot to make it over here. And he's just kind of like, yeah, I appreciate it, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you for the opportunity. And uh, some people said, like, Braun came off like a geek because he was very kind of, like, um, he was, like, deferring. But I, I liked it in, in, like, a college sports type of way where he's just kind of, like, humbling himself to get the spot. But the point is, uh, yeah, he's trying to – he's looking – he's weighing his options with Raw and SmackDown. And Heyman being that catalyst to make his decision is sick. If you remember, Monty, what did I say on one of our Russell Pierce news shows two months ago? I said when asked about what Braun was going to do on the main roster, I, that I was told that, quote, Paul Heyman has an unorthodox pitch for him. And it appears that Paul Heyman is getting whatever the fuck he wanted here because this is now coming into fruition. Uh, so oh, I what- think Paulie may get kicked from... I think Dwayne may kick Paulie from the, uh, oh the my- super bloodline. That's my take. <laughs> Could you imagine if Brock I, I, like... The god line. The god line. Yeah. I think that, and I think that's what, that's what this is going to be. He's like his pivot. That's oh, just that's just a guess, folks. I don't know. How that's mm-hmm. could you man rock backstage is like talking with the guys and he's like, Does this act need Heyman? Do I need Heyman? And he's Yeah, like Heyman's gotta go and Roman does the big sell. <clears throat> Jimmy's in the background. Oh fuck, Heyman, no way. You know <laughs> he, he man rock just turns to Roman and he's just kinda like Prove you're locked in with this family, Roman. Prove you're with me. He has to go. That's- and, that's and, actually beast. He so, ain't family. That's beast. You know, listen, there's hesitation. Roman, just to show, for Roman to show he has that dog, he just kind of is like, really? Well, and he just fucking just smokes the shit out of him. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll, see what, we'll see how all that plays up. Uh, let's dive into some Super Chats. So we've got a little bit of a build-up, and then we'll go through, I guess, AEW, a little bit of New Japan. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, some, some of the big news over the weekend. Alright, Hush 199, appreciate it as always. Feels like Jacob Fatu's debut debuting in WWE soon. Who knows, man? Who knows? He was, he was definitely on the, the family tree. <laughs> he was on the family tree. Uh Plafora 1C 199, appreciate it as always. When Roman pins Seth or Cody in back Seth and Cody in back to back nights. <laughs> <laughs> Trust the process, 34, 499, appreciate it as always. Seth's the type to want to sit in a cook chair in a corner of Ibu's kitchen and watch Ibu, quote, prepare them wings. I hope not. I would it's not very want... grotesque for me. I would not want process. Seth to watch me making wings. 
Black Yakuza $94.5 appreciate always. I honestly have to give it to Rock. He finally has a proper hero he can antagonize and he immediately takes the role. Generational run. <laughs> well, he, he, he could have done that with Zachary Levi uh, with Shazam, but he chose not to. So that's why that's what makes this shocking. You know? <laughs> Kyle 20 MX, uh, Triple H versus Rock, 30 minutes at SummerSlam. Who says no? Triple H's physical condition. Um, and, and the rocks for that matter. <laughs> and the rocks. Yeah. Will Chisholm. <laughs> Never mind. Will Chisholm, $20. The Rock and Triple H still going at it on Storyline, and now, they, now they're using the Rock on the board in Storyline. CM Punk is on one after that, and these fans think that Triple H is going to wrestle. Just stop. Yeah. Uh, Triple H. Oh my God. The pressure was awesome. He was so fired up, guys, afterwards, because he's like, there's an easy situation, a solution for this. They're men. Punch each other in the face. Just fight. Just fight. Yeah, he, he was going off. <laughs> he was <laughs> fired up. <laughs> he thought it was real. <laughs> he said, if someone smacked me in the face, I'm fighting with one arm. Just fight. It's like, all right. <laughs> Corey David, $5. Appreciate you as always. Ibu, since, we lost, since WWE lost out on a big free agent, is this a good sign they'll re-sign their own talent, Seth? Drew, Becky, Finn, Sammy, Kevin, and AJ. That's uh, a lot of this, brother. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know um, if it's a sign pointing towards that, but I know that that should be their priority. Is there established names that they already feature heavily on their team? You should be locked up. Darren Cage, five dollars. Appreciate it as well. It's kind of expect Rock and Roman versus Cody and Seth Night One. Seth versus Drew and Cody versus Roman with Rock Night Two. And Rock Mike Tyson's Roman to get set to set up Mania Forty One. Do you guys not think there's like an outside chance that Seth gets kind of screwed out of his belt for Mania? The only reason I ask is if they're doing the tag, do you want Seth working twice? Isn't his knee like fucked up, or am I imagining that? Isn't he hurt? His knee is fucked. I mean, well, he claims Joe that he'll be a hundred percent in a couple weeks. That's what he's saying. Okay. He says that he's going to be above a hundred percent by Mania. So I'll take his word for it. I have torn my meniscus before. Not fun for about three weeks. Maybe start feeling mm-hmm. right, you know. But I will say, you do too much too soon, and that shit starts to ache again. Uh, so I, we'll see what happens there. But um, I'll tell you what, and this is going to be a, a dork reference, I guess, that I don't know how many people on screen will get, but the, the audience will probably get. But Goku beat the fucking shit out of Nappa. And Nappa was at the at the feet of Vegeta, and he put his hands out and was like, "Ah, oh, Vegeta, help me!" Out. And Vegeta was like, "All right, bet." Picked him up, threw him, and killed him. And so, if if if, uh, if the Rock does that to to Roman after losing to Cody, that that could work too. Where it's just kind of like you're a fucking failure. I don't don't fucking hug me. Don't touch me, you piece of shit. Rock bottoms, Roman Reigns. You could do it like let down the family, you know. Yeah, you let you let down the fucking let this family. American family come in. You know, and just <laughs> ruin, ruin exactly. me Samoan dynasty, you know. Um, yeah. Hush 199, appreciate it. When Rock shoots on HBK in front of Triple H. That would be like peak unhinged, Joe. Is it when if they get peak, if they get current cooked Shawn Michaels, who isn't a performer, to do a segment for all of this? <laughs> He would get lit up, bro. He would. They should do. I'd watch that. I'd tune in for that he'd, shit. He'd, he'd be popping like himself, you know. Far like... side, old, like hunchback, Sean Michaels. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. 
people are doing. I I always like you. You know, I we I, yeah, I rip you sometimes. I rip you. You know, but look, I just uh, and Rock is just like you've always been a piece of shit. Can show him all equals, man. Sean could take a bump. <laughs> he could take a bump. So, oh my God, actually, no. The guideline needs to beat the shit out of him. He needs to be here in the rock bottom. Got when Batista beat the shit out of Ric Flair in the yeah. <laughs> oh, match. Do you remember when he like dragged him along the floor? Like he had his yeah. like collar. Oh, and yeah. and the camera went. Oh, <gasps> uh, good shit. Movies um, of five dollars. Appreciate you. Paul Heyman was looking at Braun Break a lot. You know you're going to be the new Paul Heyman guy. Hey man, possibly so. Shout out Kimberly, $5. Big business fire to y'all. Bianca better. Also, please acknowledge your tribal chief today. We've been speaking about him quite a lot. Bianca's great, man. Like, even at that WrestleMania kickoff show, you know, just like the way she carries herself and stuff. Mm. I just, she's just great, you know? <laughs> I love Bianca. I hope she does have a somewhat big plan for WrestleMania. You would there's, a reason, there's a reason Montez Ford tweets God is good every day. Absolutely. Watch 499. Seeing the Elimination Chamber qualifiers, WWE lacks real main event heels. Outside of Drew, there's not much weekly mm. heels. Bloodline B team is a joke and not much else. Blood, the Bloodline B team, I'm not the week to week thing, is kind of a, is jarring when like, Roman isn't there. You know, you just get like Paul Heyman backstage promo and you get Jimmy, Jimmy will wrestle a very normal match. You know, mm. <laughs> like it's. There's not really anything too enticing or big time feel about it, you know. So, I absolutely, I do agree there. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Judgment Day on Raw, I do like, I do like what they're doing now. Of course, I can understand how it's quite how it can get tired. Imperium are great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they're like kind of their role with Judgment Day to kind of flip, you know. Like they're yeah. the number one heel group on Raw for a bit, and Judgment Day is kind of more, you know, upper mid card sort of thing for a little while than. Kind of reevaluate. It feels um, like the the LA Knight thing is going to turn AJ, right? It feels like I assume like he keeps doing. Yeah, AJ is a weird one because he's like his heart. He's kind of he's like in the middle. Yeah, he's of the sort of is, weird. but he's yeah. Sometimes brother. Baby face. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I assume he'll be full heel after the LA Knight stuff. I don't know though. They they, they could absolutely do that. Mm-hmm. Could absolutely. Mm. It's interesting though because people do love like, LA Knight. You know, I think it's like. Because he's kind of, of course, he was like on fire a few months ago and just kind of, I guess kind of naturally, he's kind of faded into the background, especially with like, you know, when we're talking about like Cody finishing his story, Roman Reigns as Roman Reigns has been Roman Reigns, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is now in the picture as well. Um, you know, CM Punk came back. It's, you know, all these, all these different factors. So we kind of did naturally kind of like slip down a bit. He's still a big deal, of course, and he's, people still react to him and everything like that. But of course, it's not the same. Um, I'm not sure if I don't know if I would want to turn him heel. Turn um, who? who LA Knight. Yeah, like you want it. You want it. No, oh, you shouldn't turn, turn LA Knight. No, no. Um, well, I've seen a few people talk about. That. I know we was talking about AJ turning, but uh, AJ should definitely turn heel. I think, to be honest, yeah. because of the problem mentioned in the super chat. LA Knight, I think they just kind of need to reinvigorate his spark again, sort of thing, which I think is pretty easily done because he's a good yeah, speaker. I, I yeah. honestly, I don't watch weekly, but like the reaction he got on Friday and the fact that I think he's going to get the US belt, like, I actually think he's fine. It's it's leveled off in push, but that was inevitable because how many guys are on the roster? Like, I think he's honestly 
actually stuck at that level better than people predicted he would a while back, you know. Yeah. So yeah, so that's what I mean. It's like it's like some people, yeah. Like I said, some people have been kind of like really critical about like the way that he's kind of slipped down a bit, but he's kind of just been the natural. It's been like with all the factors I just mentioned, I see in Punk, Dwayne, Roman, Cody, all these different things going on. So um. You know, someone said in the chat, Tony, that I know it heel now would be like sabotage, which, yeah. Right, <laughs> it'll be throwing money away. Like, he's he's so easy to merchandise and such. It's just like, he's a baby face, you know? Yeah, man. Um, well, choose him $5. Appreciate it. It's crazy. It's crazy. How? What? It's crazy how f- crazy how fans fell back in love with Bailey. So quick, happy for her. It's, I, I was talking to uh, this was popular. I was talking to Aro about this on Friday. And I was just like, oh, as if, I was just like, as if Pam's like a, yeah, she's a big no, but like people have always loved her, but she's a big deal again, you know. So obviously, she's always been like a big name. Like she's she's never kind of slipped off. Yeah, she's never slipped down that far. She's always been a big name that people have appreciated and liked, and she'll always be like, you know, she's going into the Hall of Fame. It's been that. It's been that. Uh, She's been at that stage for a while now, but like I said, she feels like a big deal. Segments feel like a big deal and stuff now. Like she's just a big deal again. It's just like as if you know, well, she's, she's doing it. Good for her. When <laughs> when the fans have like been with a character, investing the character for years, it only takes like one interesting angle, you know. And it's like boom, they're they're back in. It's you can heat someone up very quickly when there's a there's a kind of established investment there. I think that's the case with Bailey. So this is very cool. I'm happy for her too. I'm not surprised that they, they. It's like this because the fans have never actually turned on Bailey. They were just kind of going no, they with her. They were going along with her, and, and they know that like the story was leaning towards her being the baby face, and they were absolutely ready to to, to be on her side. Mm-hmm. Uh, Woo Wings, five dollars. Thanks for buying Woo Woo Wings, Ibu. Uh, didn't need to. <laughs> Good God, man! <laughs> it's getting too graphic, people. Yeah, didn't like... need to do those things to them though. Anyways, if Michael Brooker's had Okada and Osprey's things, oh. how do they sound like? Oh man, I wish I wish I had prep time to think of a, a, a shitty. You can do an Okada one. The Rainmaker gives you some material, I think. <laughs> it's just like coin dropping. Let's make it rain. Make it rain. Make it, make it, make it rain. <laughs> it breaks down into a rap and it's just like there you go. It's the yeah. right maker, oh Kata, I didn't mean the mo dollars. We cooking dollars in the big fuck. Anyway, 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 anyway. Zade ninety four ninety nine, appreciate you. There's a lot of haters and deniers of Cody online. What this dude has done in the last two years is astonishing. He got fans to turn on rock. Truly undeniable. He's a beast, man. He's uh, he I've said crazy. this before on podcasts, like as far as like um, the archetype for like a WWE top guy. Um, I don't think there's really anyone in the business that kind of fits them all better, to be honest. There's like a top baby face for WWE. And I'm not saying he's the best baby face in the business. I'm just saying for the position. He is the best he's, baby face. Do you know what I mean? You know, like, for them, he's like, per- like, he's perfect for that role in 2024. Yeah. You know? Cause he's like a, um, because I think the hesitation is he's it's not that he's like this super relatable babyface, but he is the closest thing to like a superhero, which is what they want of their top babyface, mm-hmm. right? And kids want and so yeah, no, it is the comment is true, man. Like it is crazy, really. <laughs> when he yeah, made the jump to WWE, nuts. a lot of people were quick to doubt him, and he's actually doing this thing, getting people to boo the rock. So 
I can't argue with it. I remember, I remember watching his AEW promos. Yeah, when it was when the fans were starting to turn him before he fully started to lose his mind and just fucking randomness. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was when the fans were starting to kind of turn on him, and he was cutting like one of his, you know. <laughs> presidential candidate speeches and I was just like this guy is in the wrong promotion man even though which is hilarious because he, say this. I he was he was the face of the revolution he was the face of like AEW becoming AEW he was the guy at the press conferences he was the one doing all the media rounds and again the face of the revolution so even at that time it was like I thought it was quite obvious you know then obviously now look where we are it seems <laughs> It seems like he was in the wrong promotion. But he had to go on the journey to find himself where he is now. And that's what the story is, which he hopefully he's going to finish at WrestleMania 40. Monty, I don't know if you remember, but in our early conversations, that was one of the things you did say. Like, this was, this would have been like around the time, like literally like a little bit before, a little bit before the Sammy Guevara ladder match. I remember in his face or something. You were just like, Cody Rhodes is a WWE superstar. And it's in us, like, yeah, he, he is, like, realistically. Uh, so. He is, man. He is. Jumanji, two do- Jumanji Hunter, two dollars appreciated. DIY with Triple H in the corner versus The Rock. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, can that's you, 84. <laughs> you know things Dwayne would come up with to say to, to Johnny Gargano? Oh, I would love to say it. Yeah. Joe would watch live. <laughs> I'd do the raw review show for that shit. I'd make a SmackDown review for that. Actually, we go live after the show. It'd be incredible. Triple H wants to Ma- say Johnny Gargano at the People's Champion. Oh, tune into my Twitch stream. My Twitch stream. <laughs> That's fucking good, bro. That was really good. Oh, shut your um, mouth with your Twitch stream. The Rock is gonna take you. He's gonna take Tommaso Ciampa. Turn you sideways. Do the whole nine yards and cut the fucking promo. <laughs> Master 84 199. Feds investigating WWE. Fatu avoid the heat. Amen. <laughs> GN, two pounds. Appreciate it. Is punk wrestling or just screwing Drew at Mania? No, I think he's doing either. I think that was kind of to set up what he's doing when he's coming back. I don't think. Punk should hit somebody in the balls. <laughs> I don't know who he's hit in the balls. Stephen Casson, one ninety nine. Appreciate it. Where the hell is Sheamus? Uh, shoulder injuries are no joke, but he's 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 very close to being cleared. He might even be cleared. I might have seen or heard that. This might be the whole Julia Hart fucking situation <laughs> again. Where I've imagined something. Uh, he wants Gunther at Mania. Hilariously, still no, still no definitive answer on Julia Hart either, which leads me to believe that I may be. Um, I might have been right on that one, you know. Anyway, uh, where the hell is Seamus? I'm not sure, but he ain't on TV, but he should be soon. Darren Walker, £2, appreciate you. Okada in his final New Japan match versus Riddle is strange. Yeah, that 10-man tag that the book, which does include Riddle, as Darren Walker's pointed out, is uh, strange. Yeah, (laughs) he is strange, you know. Um, But, you know. Mr. Hank199, appreciate you. Any idea who the Japanese vignettes on NXT are for? Are they actually Japanese? Like, yes. Because yeah. no, but are they actually showing anything Japanese, or are they just using that same? Do you know what I'm trying to get at? It's a Japanese. It's not like it, is it, it's not like it's coming up in Japanese writing, and they're not actually doing anything Japanese that I'm catching. I don't think, other than that, you know, 
what is it? There's a man has three faces, one that he shows his friends, one he shows his family, and one that he keeps to himself, something like that. Um, I know that is like a Japanese law, whatever you want to call it, you know what I mean? But like, is it, is it, do we know it's actually Japanese or are people just being like, oh, it's definitely Japanese? People are getting Julia, Okada. We don't know anything. It's not Okada, which I said from the beginning. Obviously, we know that now. Obviously, right. We knew that anyway. I'll tell you what, my my educated guess was Katsuko Nakajima um, for multiple reasons, (laughs) including the fact that Nakajima literally said in a All Japan promo, Perhaps I will visit NXT and, and 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 repay the favor or something, and then you combine that with, you know, no like none of the, the top top tier outlets have followed up on this, but Body Slam and I believe another uh, kind of mid level outlet essentially said that Nakajima was expected to do something with NXT, which is hilarious. Uh, so I guess we'll monitor that, and maybe I guess I could ask around. He genuinely might be the least NXT wrestler in the world, right? Correct, is, but is but, it... but consider this, Joe. It's just uh, an idiot match, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I was gonna say, I think, all it to is, be clear, like... that, to me, that makes it appealing because there's a novelty to it as a one off. I just it's fascinating to think about. It's so weird. Or Trick Williams, you know. no, no, it has to be Ilya. It has to be let's, let's keep Trick away from Nakajima, bro. We're gonna take <laughs> it slow. Yeah, Listen, trick, trick rises against these crazy physical Trick's, dudes, you know? Trick's got, he's got mania main events ahead of him, bro. We don't even get a knock spark out on NXT TV. <laughs> Fractured. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Glick Foley, 199, appreciate it as always. Rock guy, imitate Cody's lisp or his wife. Oh, my he God. He probably will. Uh, <laughs> he already did at McAfee. He was like, oh, finish this story. Finish this story. <laughs> he did that. <laughs> Will Chisholm, $5, appreciate it. Always. The way the rut looked at Punk when he said Cody should punch him in the mouth made me laugh so hard. That was money. Punk was on a, that was yeah. money. Punk was on the Roman. Uh, Hush, 4 99 appreciate it. Y'all think Rock has a grasp of today's climate. His heel work was always looked fond of, but you can see how much outrage he could have in the present day. Oh, I don't think he's going to say anything like... I don't think question, he's gonna go, I, I get it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a fair question, but he's, he's been so... Because he's had such a magnifying glass on him in the public eye over the past 10 years or so, it's like, you know, the rock he's media train. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> bro, he was calling him a robot last week. You know what I mean? Like, this is <laughs> this is who Dwayne Johnson is now. You know, it's not. He's definitely a different guy. Um, yeah. And definitely a lot more aware of what he could get away with. Even, even back then, he was more aware of what he could get away with. It's just that it was a different time and he could get away with those things. It doesn't make it yeah. right, but he was at least aware of what he could and couldn't get away with back then, you know? Now, um, now, now with that said, Monty, in that writer's room, there's going to be a moment where Brian Gore is sitting with Rock and he's just like, how do we circle this around and make, how do we call Paul Levesque gay? You know, Don't <laughs> try to craft that joke. Yeah, they could do some embarrassing. There could be some embarrassing pictures that we'll never, we'll never hear about. You know? All I can, when you say, all I can think of that is like Triple H's cell of that, and like oh. how enraged he would be, oh, but he'd have to pretend he wasn't. Oh, Joe, as God. somebody that is a huge fan of two thousand WWF, Hunter was never good at selling Hunter, uh, uh, Rock, like kind of just bitching him like that. Like, hated he, it. He, yeah, he hated would, it. He, he would stand in that ring, right, and Rock would be like. Rock would be like, oh, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll just say something like, oh, you know, like, you, you got your pants down and Road Dogs doing A, B, and C. And Triple H just standing there like, oh, fuck, fuck me. <laughs> He's like, fuck. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Bro, 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 199, appreciate it as always. Need to able to finish the real story. The OC <laughs> belt. Hey, man. We'll see. We'll see what happens with Gunfront Man. It's very interesting to see how it plays out because I think there's a few potential challenges. Maybe they do a multi-man, which 
I'd hope I'd hope they do a singles, but I do think that is on the table. So um yeah. Jumanji Hunter, two dollars appreciate Kevin Owens is Triple H's guy versus the Rock. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my hold up. There's there's something to that, brother. Let's let's not let's think that through a little bit here. That's Kevin Owens, your friend, honey bun piece of shit. You know, and Kevin Owens getting back at him. Do you remember? Do you remember the law with Kevin and Rock? Do you remember like no. the thing where because people kept like saying about uh, they kept trying. Rock kept hearing about him on social media, like kill him. And he famously asked Brian Myers, "Who's this Killsteen kill guy?" And so <laughs> Myers gave him like a bunch of like Kevin Owens DVD, like Steen DVDs. The really? law. The idea that that could eventually lead to them having a professional wrestling match is the funniest possible outcome to this story. This is that's the correct route. That's the only thing that could top that is a Nick Aldis match, which is the actual funniest, obviously. But Teo had a great yeah. match at Austin, and he could have a better one with Dwayne. They could, yeah. Mm. That actually would be I don't know if it'd thing. be better than. I don't know if it'd be better. Have, have it you could do. Match. It could. Okay, put it this way though: if you could pick anyone to have a, a great <laughs> match with Brock at this point, Kevin's up there, right on that list. Like, yeah. He can adapt his game. He could bump quite crazy. He could do stunts. He could do brawl. I don't know, man. That's it's interesting. interesting. Oh, yeah, Kevin Owens is fucking tremendous. You know what I mean? He's, a wrestler, <laughs> yeah. so, he's pretty good, yeah. Anyway, um, that's Super Chat for now. Hamza Mohammed, £4.99. Appreciate it. Who do you think Randy's going to work at Mania? <laughs> interesting. Maybe he can be on Cody's side wrestling or not, but eventually turns on him for Cody's first title feud. I don't know, man. Um, that's quite. That's one that I'm really stumped with. It's like, like I said, even with Gunther, you can throw a few names out there. Maybe do a multi-man. Uh, Seth, obviously, is in a really interesting spot. Obviously, Roman, we know what he's doing. Cody, we know what he's doing. Um, but yeah, man. I couldn't figure it out. We when we did no. when Late Night Grin did our Mania pre like prediction for the card. I could not figure out what Randy's doing. I had no answer. It's tough, ain't it? It's tough. Yeah. But yeah, man. Well, hopefully, we'll get some clarity on that over the next few weeks because it's not WrestleMania without Randy Orton if he's fit and available Joe Hall but you know um. <laughs> maybe maybe it's maybe Logan Paul takes the RKO and they do something there I don't know maybe no clue. Um, I, I'll, I'll tell you right. what Joe hilariously make it quick Cody Cody and Randy versus the Godline would be funnier and more interesting hilariously even though the work oh, yeah it'd be tremendous be tremendous but um Right, AEW, uh, Rampage. What did we have notable from that Rampage? Mystico wrestled Matt Sardell. Uh, Chris Statlander with a Nightingale versus the Outcast in the main event. Uh, Ruby Soho ditched Soraya. Uh, the Young Bucks cut a promo. They're going on a total charge. They're, uh, <laughs> they beat some jobbers and they said they were going to beat more serious tag teams to climb the rankings and they're going to get the tag title shot Revolution versus Sting and Derby. Of course, this is all coming off the heat, but they just got on Sting and Derby after beating them down on Dynamite on Wednesday, uh, which obviously for the live crowd was about minutes before, you know. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, still still on track for the Young Bucks being very, very good. Uh, we pointed out a couple of weeks ago that this could go in a very worrying direction, but it hasn't thus far, and I'm really enjoying what they're doing, man. So, uh, shout out to Young Bucks. And, yeah. And AEW Collision. AW the Collision, Masters AW of the EVP trigger. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the new, the new entrance, um, the new entrance video and song, and yeah, man, he's he's popping me at the moment. He hasn't, he hasn't, uh, hasn't spiraled into wrestle crap or anything like that, which is always no. dangerous with these kind of gimmicks, you know. <clears throat> All right, AW Collision, 
Blackpool Combat Club versus Esfinge and Star Jr. Nice match. Nothing crazy, I didn't think. Uh, Daniel Garcia versus Shane Taylor. Daniel Garcia, he's a... He's just a tremendous TV wrestler, isn't he? You know? Um, he really is, yeah. He really is very, a good very, TV very wrestler. wrestler. Like, he's, again, it's, you know, everybody's mentioned this. So he's not going to have, like, great matches. And this wasn't a great. This was honestly just, like, a decent match. But everything he did made sense. He never undercut Shane as the big man in there, right? He had that great sell on the knockout He's really punch. good at that. Yeah. yeah like, getting yeah. some smart offense out, like you said, like, he's a thinker's, you know. Um, that's, a, that's a problem in wrestling, man wrestling right? you know? Thinking man's like, yeah. Guys will get in there with with bigger dudes, and they'll just completely undercut the fact that they're supposed to have a size disadvantage. They'll just wrestle them like they're anyone else. <laughs> yeah, then in this day and age as well, bro, like the big guy sometimes goes with that too much, and you get these seven oh, yeah. foot guys who don't act like the seven foot. Like, no, and it just... drives me mad. <laughs> <laughs> they, they start trying to shoot three pointers and, and dribbling around and taking jumps. Yeah. Out. Get in the fucking post. Like, what are you doing? And with Garcia, the reason why I, I me and Joe love his approach so much is that he. His matches aren't the same on a match-by-match basis. And like a Bret Hart, who I compared him to, he implements in-canon, in-kayfabe strategies that vary on opponent to opponent. The approach to facing Shane Taylor should not be the same approach to facing a different wrestler. And so by, by varying that and showing that he's taking a different tactical approach and you actually pay attention, the, the art and the appeal of these matches is in the details rather than like you know how high it peaks so to speak so yeah like joe said this is a, this isn't like a, a final cool tv match it's a nice way to get dg another win uh, it's it's a good thing that he's on collision stacking these wins and gaining momentum and again he's just one of those guys that for for his age it, it's rare to see a guy that just has this much uh variety on a match-to-match basis he's great man of course um adam copeland had a promo later on in Everyone expects him to be challenging Christian Cage soon, so he's kind of that was kind of the root of his promo. But he's interrupted by Daniel Garcia, and uh, he's been on up Christian Cage's TNT title as well recently. And he basically made that point obvious to uh, Adam Copeland, and they agreed to have a number one contenders match on Wednesday. And uh, yeah, man, should be a really good one. Garcia, Adam Copeland, um. Definitely, Garcia definitely fits the mold of someone that Copeland wants to be working with in AEW, you know? So, yeah, um, it feels like they're going to mesh too, doesn't it? Like, just from the outside yeah. looking in, on paper, it looks like they're going to mesh. All right. This is a good moment to know um, one of the cooler things on this show, which is that Copeland led with the the Bucks comment, right? And he did the same, I think, earlier in the show, maybe earlier, later, I don't know. But that was a cool thing, right? We've talked about that before with AEW. I think it was worth noting, like, we've talked about how things live in a vacuum and there's not enough kind of overarching on this show two of the top baby faces were like fuck the young bucks that was bullshit yeah. more of that man that really yep. added to collisions kind of old school vibe that was cool yeah because it's a universe you know you don't just exist in the one you know in the tunnel you're in with the match you're, you're having so yeah and uh brian cage defeated the outrunners in a two-on-one handicap match Brody king defeated mark briscoe very nice match love, love oh, yeah. mark briscoe you know Brody king tremendous as always and uh just good stuff, fellas. Good stuff. Yeah, great post match too, right? With the, the big angle with Jules and the yeah, Judy stabbed him with a spike. It was, it's quite, it's quite vulgar. The funniest thing, yeah, about the visual this... was crazy, bro. It was a sick yeah. visual afterwards. The funny thing about this, Monty, where there there were people going like, "What the hell happened to this business?" and blah, 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 and people implying like this isn't like old school and like this is like what happened to wrestling. And I'm like, 
It doesn't get more than a jabbing a fucking baby face in the face. Like that that is what heel managers jabbing baby faces and, and getting color is, is as old school as it gets. So like genuinely. And I don't know if you know the answer to this if or if anyone like why is it that collision does seem to have a more I don't want to say retro, but there are certain like TV wrestling kind of tropes and such from yesteryear that feel m- far more present on Collision than they do on Dynamite. Is that genuinely just a? Like, a, who's a the I think it's a talent order. I do have an answer to this. It's because, okay. so part of it is personnel in the sense that like talent will absolutely the the talent featured are going to put their touches into things, right? Like Monty just said. Uh, however, um. They don't have the exact same crew of like, like, listen, AEW has a crew of producers and stuff, right? They've now done this thing where like people will kind of specialize in certain angles and storylines on certain shows and just kind of fill in with little things on the other show and vice versa. Do you get what I'm saying? Where it'll Mm -hmm. be like, I don't know exactly who's what, but like, like hypothetically, right? Like a Jimmy Jacobs would be like, I'm I'm doing 70% of my shit on Dynamite and 30% on, on, collision and vice versa and so whatever combination of people that they've come up with when it comes to allotting the and delegating the duties has led to the distinct vibes and flavors of these shows and i like that i, I like that these things feel different it's important yeah, yeah. really important yeah I like that you know uh diana prazo and tony storm both won a pair of matches against kira hogan and queen aminata both pretty decent matches i thought uh, that one got really really good at the very end of it yeah, I, I, did, yeah. yeah man yeah man good stuff um then we had orange cassidy successfully defending his aw international title versus big tom ish um good stuff as expected kind of kind of yeah as expected joe hall but what did yeah. you think yeah i liked it quite a bit it was i thought it took them like a little bit to figure out the best way to have their kind of quite contrasting approaches mesh. I went to him a little bit, but by the end, that thing was like rocking. And um, it was probably the most compelling orange title defense in like a bit, right? It's been a while, I think it's fair to say. So always great yeah. to see Ishii wrestle. Like he's just so consistent. My God, incredible wrestler. Yeah, like you said, the, con- the contrast was definitely a thing, especially early on because he's like, with Orange Cassidy, you can't just immediately start at a certain level, but you kind of have to be at to wrestle Tom Ish. But as... Right. Orange Cassidy is so good at kind of like pacing himself in that regard of uh, leveling up his intensity as the match goes on. So it's like he did eventually get there, as you mentioned. So it's uh, it's good stuff he built. Yeah, um, I, I struggled initially to feel anything for this or get engaged uh, because uh, you know, for better or for worse, as as great as Orange Cassidy is, he's just we've just seen so much of him in his match uh, so consistently. And uh, between that and like the WrestleMania weekend, you know, the pacing of this, like it felt like one of those kind of like, like whoa, this guy versus this guy on this indie show and in <laughs> three and a quarter type of deals, right? And it felt like that for like halfway through, and so I just kind of struggled to like engage with this. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's Tomohiro Ishii and Orange Cassidy, and they're really, really talented wrestlers. So um, yes. the Rapid, when they kind of got into it, and they really picked the pace up here. And uh, by the time we got to the closing counters and, and near falls and stuff, it, they worked so hard by the end that, like, you you did get into it, and so this turned into a good main event. I'm just trying some super chats before we uh, go. We'll, we'll touch on New Japan. We'll touch on the main stuff from New Japan. 
Uh, we'll try to do a little bit of news before we finish up as well. So we'll get those super chats in. Uh, Jumanji Hunter, two dollars appreciated. Screw it, gunt that beats down, Rocky. Caden <laughs> <laughs> Lee, one ninety nine appreciated. Excited to be there for Cope and Garcia. You're everywhere, Caden man. You're everywhere. It kind of scares me. Very scary. Corey Davy, two dollars appreciated. Does Charlie Dempsey need to leave WWE to succeed? Yes. I don't know, succeed is a broad term, right? But yeah. his ceiling is definitely higher elsewhere. Yeah, specifically Pein- like Japan. Yeah, peanut butter rocky time. Five dollars, <laughs> appreciate. Yeah, collision is just a show for fathers and daughters. Brody and Julia, Christian, and that fog that had to be escorted away by sco- by security. Hashtag gold dad grabs. <laughs> what a super chat. Um, all right, New Japan, new beginning over the weekend. And, uh, yeah, like I said, we'll kind of touch on like, the main things that we want to touch on. Of course, we've got Dunga Live tomorrow. I'm sure they'll get into it a lot more than we will. But uh, yeah, Carter, man, his last singles match in New Japan. We know it's his last singles match in New Japan now because his last two matches on his, uh, not even on his New Japan contracts, are they? The extra days that he's doing before going reportedly. AEW, which we'll get into as well, but yeah, man, his last singles match, Hiroshi Tanahashi, of course, that makes all the sense. Um, and yeah, man, it was better than the match that they had in the US. Of one was it, like a month ago, a couple of months ago, or something. Um, but yeah, obviously, Hiroshi Tanahashi is definitely not in his physical peak no. anymore. But I thought he looked pretty, pretty good. Okada looked pretty good in this, and it was pretty good. <laughs> Wait, you're talking about yeah, the, the match you're referring to is from last year's Battle in the Valley. Uh, if you're talking about Okada and Tanahashi, yeah, a couple months ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that was 2023. It was 2023. Nevertheless, it was it it was a good. I'm sorry, I'm having lagging. Yeah, no, it was a nice match. It was it was very classy. The presentation was cool, and um, yeah, like the fans were they were just happy to see both guys. Tanahashi to me. I know I said this to you guys off air. Tanashi to me looks kind of uh, more dialed in than like he should have any right to be given his recent performances. And I thought he was the more engaging half of this, personally speaking. Um, but I, I don't know. I just thought he thought he, he did the high five over the outside, guys. You know? you're right. It's all I said when we were off air. You understand? Like, yeah, Tanashi did look good. He was dialed in. He looked better than he had it late. And he looked like he did put in a real genuine effort to give Okada like, a good last singles match, you know? But um, Okada also looked very good in this, you know. Um, and I was, as I was saying to Joe off there as well, so Okada, the difference between the the match that they had in San Jose with Okada and what he, how he performed here was night and day, I thought. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a good match, you know. Does it matter who was the better half? They both looked good, you know. So yeah, it's not like it, it's yeah. not like you, it's not like Tana carried him or Okada carried him, you know. So that that is fair. That people sometimes get a little too in the weeds now. Like when a match is great, they'll be like, "Well, this guy was, was better than that guy." People, that guy yourself, <laughs> just now. <laughs> the matches, <laughs> the, the marks. Uh, I did. I really like this. Like I also appreciate that they wrestled it in a way that was honest about where Tanahashi's at. And yeah, Okada was kind of a dick, and it was like very clear that Tanahashi was outmatched, but he was brave and defiant, and he had some great the inside cradle at the end. Wow, that was a great false finish. So yeah, I really, really like this, and it was very touching. The post match was like that was a moment, man. That's a, a big piece of wrestling history there, just that like you know, came to a conclusion. That's that series was transformative for pro wrestling. So it was very, very moving, I thought. 
they didn't they did not to what to your point about it being honest about where everyone's at and stuff with how they work this they did not do the typical new japan extended back and forth closing stretch right with like big kickoffs they just didn't do it they just ended you know yeah man it was, it, was, it was a really nice, it was a really nice match, but it was as it's as good as you can realistically expect an Okada Tanahashi match to be in February twenty twenty four. I think so. Yeah, man. And like you said, the post match was it was touching, man. You know, of course. Uh, what a run! <laughs> like it's, I still can't. I still kind of can't believe he's actually leaving. You know, but it's weird. He is. He is. But anyway, later on in the show, we had Zack Saber Junior. defeating. Brian Danielson in mm. just over 30 minutes that for me absolutely flew by. Like he was a court crazy, you know. It's like I'm watching it, then all of a sudden it's you know, it feels like I'm like six minutes in. It's like you're getting the 20 minute call. Oh, Jesus, some good wrestling going on now. This match was tremendous, of course. A technical mas- wrestling masterclass, uh, not quite as not quite as the technical wrestling masterclass as the Wrestle Dream match was. But this one was, it had more kind of like grit to it. There was a lot yeah. more striking and things like that in it. Um, a lot more aggressive. Um, there was a lot more like ego in this one as well. So uh, I, I really enjoyed this one. Uh, I think I'd say the Wrestle Dream match is a hair better, you know. Um, I, I love both. What did you imagine, Joe? Oh, go ahead, Joe. Well, you, you honestly took the words out of my mouth until. The, when you pick which one you slightly preferred, because the reasons you laid out were the why I pre- slightly preferred this one. I thought it was like more complete and personal, and it felt more like spiteful because of the ego part you mentioned, right? And Brian mm. was like actively messing with that part of Zach's mind. They had the great stuff with the rope break, and you still had some great, you know, those flowing sequences to have, but it was less about that, and it was more about kind of the stylistic differences between them. Brian got like frustrated at one point, and just started whacking him with strikes because that's Brian's like kind of easy way out when he wrestles Zach, right? He could just clobber him with, with kicks and punches. So, yeah, this was um, this was a masterpiece. I, I think it's the best match of the year so far. And I know that sounds dumb. We're in February, but let's be real, there's been some great pro wrestling matches. Like that's saying saying, and I I think it's my one seed right now. I I thought this was spectacular. I loved it. Yeah, man. Um... I think the Wrestle Dream match for me, in terms of like a te- again a technical wrestling masterclass, it was more awe inspiring in that sense. Yes, like Matt work wise, and I think that's why I've got it slightly ahead. Oh, they're Although, both incredible. Yeah, they're both tremendous. <laughs> they're both tremendous. But yeah, Ibi, what I did know. you make of the new beginning match? Um, I-, I thought it was fantastic, and uh, I have a kind of stupid reason why I prefer it over the Wrestle Dream match, and it's. Frankly, because I just liked how it looked aesthetically. Specifically, the Wrestle Dream one was the AW show that debuted at the LED barricades and LED uh, uh, aprons. And Danison also was wearing the Seattle Seahawks green and blue, which I think looks fucking disgusting. And so um, here you're in that New Japan lion blue, you know, some real man adult barricades on the side. You know what I mean? It looks more like professional wrestling, which is fitting for a match that was as professional wrestling as it gets. This was a. this felt like an ode to like the 1970s technical classics of guys like Jumbo Suda and uh, and uh, and and fucking like Nick Bockwinkle or something, or or, or like Inoki, tremendous, tremendous, you know Inoki, tremendous. Billy Robinson, shit like that. It just so what I loved about this was that it just felt so strategic. You know, I felt like I was watching a chess match, like a really complicated and complex chess match taking place, and. um 
yeah, just seeing them kind of figure each other out and ultimately not be able to figure each other out. Neither guy has submitted each other now in two matches. And so just fucking breathless. When I really think about this, the closing stretch, it's just like high-end counters. They're not doing like big finishing moves and kicking out of them. They're just doing crazy counters until it ends. And it kind of peaks high and then just ends. And you're like, oh my God. Like, and like you said, Monty, 30 minutes passed. You had no clue it was 30 minutes. And it felt like a near five-star match, if not a five-star match, and that there's still more to do. So, uh, yeah, I thought this was incredible. It was an incredible match, and um, I'd like to see the third one happen in Mexico. It'll probably happen at, like, Wembley Stadium. And then in the main event, we had the Steel Cage 10-man tag team match, Bullet Club Gold. Uh, no, Bullet Club Gold. Bullet Club War Dogs versus the United Empire. Will Ospreay's last match in New Japan for at least a while because, as we already know, he's heading to AEW. So this was him finishing up with New Japan. And it was quite the spectacle. It did go an hour, I think, hour and five minutes, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they they went for it. <laughs> they absolutely went for it. They did pretty much every. It felt like they did everything they possibly could have thought of. <laughs> like, it was one of those matches. Of course, again, it went an hour and five minutes. So, you know, there's going to be many things that we could pick apart, but we don't really have the time to here. Um, I did think overall it was a pretty good match. But again, um, there was there was just certain flaws. I think you can't really... It, it was an hour and five minutes and a lot of it was, you know, you didn't really... <laughs> help me, help me here, Joe. No, it's, it's you. The first way thing you said was the best. Thing. It was a spectacle, right? And it's like, I I still really enjoyed it. But what I would say is, if it ended at thirty, pretty forty minutes, I would have like been very quick to say it was like a war games classic. Mm-hmm. And by the end, I didn't know if I could actually list it as a professional wrestling match or anything. It was it's unlike anything I've ever seen. And I think there is something. Um, to be said for that, I think it's admirable, and I'm certainly not going to begrudge Will Ospreay in his final match, bring every single idea he could possibly have to you know to test. I had a great time watching it, especially live. I don't know if I'm ever going to rewatch it because it's an hour and four minutes long. Yeah, man, that's the thing. Don't have a lot of rewatch value, does it? It's one of one though, you know, and that's the thing. Like it had its issues, and it definitely was excessive and too long. But my goodness, what a they swung big. They, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. They certainly swung for the fences. I, I really enjoyed it. Ibu, quick quick takes on, on the cage match. I really liked and admired this until I didn't. And uh, it's, a, it's a really, really, really long match that had about nine peaks and nine finishes that we could have gone to. <laughs> a, a, after minute 50, when everybody just kind of jumped uh, David Finley and that wasn't the finish, it was kind of like, all right, man. Uh, yeah, again, I was kind of just, I was kind of sad, to be honest. I, I get sad when, like, great wrestling matches get, like, ru- like ruin themselves. Like, when they, can, you know, they can't be safe for themselves. And that's what this made me. It made me kind of sad that it was happening. But, look, man, they fought their hearts out, and they worked really hard, and they did a lot of crazy stuff. And, uh, yeah, it was Osprey send-off. Uh, so, it's, it's a hard match to rate in that respect. Uh, and, uh, I don't know. Osprey had a classy send-off. He fought his heart out. And, yeah. Uh, won, the, won the match. Yeah, Osprey got his send-off. He was also very emotional. There was a lot of tears. Mm. New Japan, new beginning. A lot of real man tears, you know. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, of course, two of the 
most important stars are on the way out of the promotion. Okada reportedly heading to AEW, expected to sign soon. Well, we just mentioned that he does singles match over the weekend. Last match is going to be a 10-man. And, um, yeah, kind of as expected on his way to AEW. I know it, was, uh, it wasn't set in stone or anything in the more recent reports. Well, the recent reports up until this past weekend, well, you know, he hasn't made his decision yet, etc., etc. Whereas now, according to Fightful Select, he is expected to be heading to AEW, expected to sign soon. So, yeah, man, I think he's. I think there was something about him potentially making his debut in not the first half of March as well, just like we expect Mercedes to as well. So a very big March ahead for AEW. Um, okay, so we got a few. We got a couple minutes. Uh, what, 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 what bullet points do I have from the news that I want to get into? Well, not get into, but just mention. <laughs> Uh, Scott Diamore, of course, he was fired by TNA. Uh, we haven't really had a chance to get into that. We don't really have a chance to get into it now, but just some bullet points. Reasons in reports why he was fired range from the brand was too centric with Scott Diamore. Um, <laughs> and now, and why is it Anthem want the brand to be more centric with them and not Scott Diamore? Another reason was um, there was some tension from Scott Diamore always pushing for a larger budget. A uh, vast majority of the talent don't seem to be very happy about it, uh, as a lot of them did like Scott. Uh, Scott knew about 10 days before he was fired that he was going to get fired, and apparently in recent weeks, at some point, he he was financially backed by a letter, and he tried to buy TNA. <laughs> Scott Diamore tried don't to buy worry. TNA. Remember a month respect, ago, you know? when we reviewed Hard to Kill, and we were like, uh, it's just Impact called TNA. It's not, TNA's not actually back. I'm sorry to report that for better or almost certainly worse, this is <laughs> this is violently TNA, this new story. It feels like they're back, bro. I mean, as soon as those initials came back, it changed again. It happened. It's happening again. It's like a curse. So, yeah, I feel bad for the talent because it seemed like they all loved working for him and it could get kind of spooky here because it sounds like such a corporate... Yeah, thing. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's gonna go well, even the so. statement was just like this, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I guess got a couple, got a lot of 60 seconds, bit of stardom fallout. Uh, Rossi gave his Bushi Road notice to no, Ro- Rossi Ogawa, of course, was fired by Bushi Road stardom, but he did give his notice to Bushi Road in November, they just fired him before it was plan for him to actually leave. Uh, Rossi will be the financial backer of his new promotion that he's starting. AEW believe that Rossi's departure will make working together easier. Tony Khan's tweets apparently upset a lot of people, which is uh, not good, really, is it? You don't want to be upsetting people in the business, you know, over some silly tweets, you know? But anyway, uh, apparently Bushi Rose said to anyone, if they want to leave, they have to be notified by February 9th, which was Friday. Um, part of the reason why Kyrie left and Julia is leaving is because Rossi is no longer going to be there. Tam Nakano said in an interview that she is saying, uh, Mayu Iwatani, she did some quite, uh, a lot of fans were quite concerned about Iwatani over the weekend. She did, a, she did an interview, I think, earlier today or yesterday. You know, she's very upset about all this. She has some thinking to do about what she's going to do, what she's going to be doing. So, you know, obviously Mayu was given her debut board, Rossi, she's been with Stardom from the start, you know, these are all things that she mentioned in the interview, so, a lot of weird fallout going on with these firings, and uh, Japan in general as well, so, mm-hmm. and uh, Tony Khan did a lot of media rounds over the weekend, basically, basically confirmed that CMLL were going to be on Forbidden Door 3, 
Yeah. He thinks that, that AEW is the best AEW has ever been. Uh, you give a little bit of an update on Kenny Omega. He's doing better. Of course, he's not healthy or cleared or anything like that, but he's doing better. So it was good to hear that. And uh, what else we got? Because I've got a bunch of other notes as well, but none of them are about breaking news. So we'll, uh, you know, we're in overtime here now. So we're going to wrap it up. Masterman 84, 199. Appreciate it. Listen, Roddy versus Ishii would be peak 40 plus grabs. Amen. Um, all right. Tomorrow. WWE Raw review hosted by Rob and Ibu of Wrestle Puris. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'll let Ibu, I'll let Ibu announce all, all any, any and all changes, if any are needed for that. Sure. But anyway, <laughs> we're working on something for the Tuesday Raw review, people. Yes. Um, what else? A uh, quick announcement, which is hilarious because <laughs> we're in overtime and people are leaving to watch Raw, but I'm going to make this quick announcement anyway. It's also hilarious because Joe has no idea and it kind of affects him slightly. Um, <laughs> the Thursday streams, yeah, they are now just, they are the AEW Dynamite review. The WrestlePurist podcast branding is moving to Sundays. So the AW the, the actual show itself on Thursday isn't changing. It's just we're calling it the AW Donald review because that is that is what it is and that's what it's been for a minute now. Recipe's podcast is gonna be kind like a new, but it's not a new podcast because it's gonna be Recipe's podcast. But that'll be more kind of like the old podcast that we used to do where it was a lot more like open. There would be more people on the screen coming in and out. It'd just be kind of like just a lot more just like free flowing, you know, debates. I'm sure there'll be arguments. Beats, agendas, just talking graps, you know, just like I said, mm-hmm. a bit more free flowing, like what we used to do. So, um, yeah, new Sunday show, people. And uh, we'll cheers on $5. So, how long will it take AEW to work with Stardom? Who knows? And how long will it take for WWE to work with Ross's new company law? We'll see, man. Like I said, it's a very interesting time with all these firings and movement in Japan. And uh, we appreciate you guys for watching. Appreciate the super chats from all of you guys, as always. But most importantly, please like and subscribe on your way out. Thanks for watching. And we'll be back tomorrow with the Raw Review. Peace.